I'm Ryan Hadari, another episode of the Sex Lies and Lawyers. I'm the host and we have a friend here, Tanya. Tanya, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, okay, I feel so like we're on a first date right now with that music. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, um, introduce yourself. Hi, so I'm Tani. I host Fit and Frugal Podcast. I'm also a notary here in the state of Nevada mm-hmm. and uh, I'm also a real estate investor. Okay. Yeah. So how long have you been in Vegas? Uh, this is my third year. I'm here from originally from Southern California, Orange County. Okay, so what brought you to Nevada? You know, I woke up one day and realized it was COVID and how much I hated living in that society that it was three months into COVID and I just couldn't take anymore. Oh, because of the lockdown? Because of the lockdown. Um, I got a puppy a week before it was COVID and I was going to school at that time and me and my students that I was teaching, I was uh, teaching at Cal State Fullerton and I woke up one day, like literally like the minute I graduated, I needed to pack my shit and get the hell out of California. But I couldn't because I was paying the weather tax. You grew up there? I, yeah, I got to the United States when I was 10 years old from mm-hmm. Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But and I then you grew up in Southern I, California? For the most part. For the most part. LA, okay. Orange County. And yeah, and I realized, I'm like, you know what? I'm already paying taxes. I might as well enjoy the last summer here. Big mistake. And what you were teaching at uh, Cal State Fullerton? Uh, public speaking, hybrid communication studies. So like the basic 100 level communication. Okay, and all of them are actually online, yes? Or the classes canceled? Yeah, the first semester I got to do the apprentice uh, program. It was in person. A mm-hmm. couple weeks into the second right. semester, we were all online. So that was the first time I had Zoom University, and I had to teach students that I barely even knew on Zoom. On Zoom. Yeah, so yes. it, was, it was terrible. It kind of removed the human element of what communication is all about. It's the face-to-face interaction. That's a energy. new era. That's a difference. Yeah. And right now we go to the court all in Zoom and the blue jeans. Really? Yeah. Most of the people, they prefer not to go even taking the positions by the Zoom. Why? Because they don't want to wear pants to court? Or? That's another reason. And it's more efficient because you are going to ask. Uh, questions the same way that you are asking but the human mm-hmm. factor is missing because you cannot just analyze you can see them still in the zoom and his videographer is doing it but the issue is that human factor that heaviness of the the position that people take it serious is not there anymore it looks like that they are in the zoom and they are not taken serious sometimes yeah and you have to advise them is like a being in the courtroom yeah, yeah. testimony in the courtroom because before they use the videographer come over and put the camera behind the lawyer asking question the lights and the microphone everything in front of the person right now it's not like that it's just by the zoom they sit in front of the zoom and answer the question and i was taking the position one of the drivers and the driver uh, the truck driver got into an accident with our client mm-hmm. it still was on the zoom cell phone giving the position to me i said are you kidding me just pull over. You are going to run over people. And yeah. he already got into an accident. And no. being on the Zoom for that litigation, yeah. the given testimony on the phone. I said, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> what you are doing? How, how are you picking up like, their body language? Isn't that the main component? That's, a, that's another issue usually yeah. that you cannot just see what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And they don't take it serious sometimes like this. The driver was on the Zoom on the cell phone answering the question. And I said, I cannot do that. You are jeopardizing other people's life by semi-truck driving and a Zoom in your hand. And that's Answering the question is not legal. It's illegal. I say, you just pull over. I'm just not going to take your deposition unless you stop. Yeah, Yeah. it's funny. I took one communications. uh, It's called Legal Arena when I was in college. My first semester, I got to Cal State Fullerton. 
And honestly, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer because I'm like, this sounds so interesting, black and white law, all of these things, right? The minute they had um, us do like a fake trial, I was just standing up there, like reading the questions. We were presented with like two cases, defendant, all that stuff. And I was up there, I was reading the court case. I was like shaking. And I think I had heels on at the time. And I think I was like, and I forgot my position, <laughs> right? Because you think as much as how much debate classes that you go through and how much communication mm -hmm. theory yeah. that you know, mm -hmm. But the minute someone looks at you in the eye and started grilling you about stuff, you kind of forget how to act. Exactly. And that's that's exactly the purpose the of the deposition. Because yeah. that's forget or they if they memorize sometimes, mm -hmm. they forget it and they relapse exactly to the fact and the truth that they already said or they get stuck. Yeah. But in Zoom, that interaction is weaker and the influence that you can make on the person is weaker because yeah. it's a Zoom. It's like a TV, five people, six people in the Zoom mm -hmm. and they are talking. So what do you think makes it like a really good lawyer? It depends. After the deposition, it depends on how they really ask questions. Because deposition is an art. It's an interrogation. Mm -hmm. Yes. How you get the questions the way that you want it to them to answer you and set the ground that they come to that answer and they cannot back off from it. The different facts. The different facts. They agree to some other stuff that they are. you want them to agree. And then... They kind of disagree with the ultimate issue when but, you are asking them. That's like mm. an interrogation. When you ask someone, it's a civil interrogation. It's not the criminal interrogation. Interrogation, yeah. you go and police ask you questions. But in the civil cases, like a car accident on the business litigation, the lawyer sits in the front of the camera, okay, and put the camera and ask the question from the other party or the witnesses to see that what knowledge they have, their testimony. Mm. And inconsistencies, consistencies, anything that, that can help the case or destroy the case. Based on those testimony, there's admissible evidence. We decide what the outcome of the case is going to be. Yeah. And how the jury or the judge is going to decide about the facts based on those testimonies. Yeah. So, so asking questions is so important, yeah. how mm -hmm. you ask questions. And Zoom era is changing that thing to some extent. Yeah. Because there is no human interaction yeah. in person. So is it true that you can actually manipulate the way you ask those questions? It's based not the on manipulation. Mm -hmm. It's a systematic how you think. You have to from reach from point A to point B to get the agreement of that person and get to the truth. So you set the facts and ask different facts. And all of a sudden, he has to conclude. He cannot back off. He has to agree with the ultimate issue based on those facts that he already admitted to. So that's a skill. That's the thing that you have mm -hmm. to know how to walk them through that path to tell the story that is really that story. Distorting, no, you cannot distort. The facts are facts. Mm -hmm. You ask it in different ways if you cannot get the answer. And finally, the good dep uh, the opponent, the good lawyer in a deposition is someone gets the ultimate issue of the fact from mm -hmm. the mouth of the defendant. Yeah. They say, yeah, I agree. It was my fault. Yeah. After oh. all these things that you told me, yes, it's my fault. Then yeah. admission of the fault is done. And yeah. then as to the other stuff. So uh, it depends on the skills and how you ask the question. It's not the manipulating. It's mm -hmm. just the way that you ask the questions. Yeah. It's different. So how much of that is you observing someone's like physical behavior for you to actually pick up on cues that either one, they're lying or two, that, that they're about to, you know, not be truthful about something? You can tell people that... One of the behavior that in the position we see as a lawyer, when you look at them and you nod your head, it's still they go and talk and talk and talk. 
Yes, that's a technique. That when you are talking and say you nod your head, you're nodding your head like this, mm-hmm. and they think that they have to say something. The more they say, the more they give you ammunition to expand on it and ask more questions. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a thing. And some people they are good at the deposition. They don't answer. They answer to the point, or if they don't know the answer, they don't know mm-hmm. or they don't remember. But some people they try to generate facts. That's bad. If if someone don't. We always say, say, don't feel uncomfortable when you don't know the facts. Don't agree to anything because it doesn't mean that whatever the mm-hmm. other lawyer is saying is going to be a fact. So if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And you cannot just agree with something you don't know. That's so don't true. agree. Some people, they agree, yes, yes, yes. They say, no. Why you are saying yes? Because you already said no. Because neutral is because not a response. Neutral, I don't know is a response. I don't know. It's I don't a... remember is a response because you really don't know the facts. Okay. So you, you don't can't know. affirm exactly. yes or no. That's, the answer is a I don't know, yes or no, or I don't remember. Yeah. Or you can expand and talk about it, say why you don't know. But it's better not to say that. You don't know if you don't know. Yeah, interesting. You know what I really want to ask you is that when I learned, one of the facts was that we learned that physical attractiveness, like if someone's really physically attractive they have a better chance like much better chance at winning a deposition either either as a lawyer or just it's as not a, a deposition there are true? some factors about the trial lawyers that mm-hmm. the taller they are the better looking or likable mm-hmm. definitely juries are the human beings mm-hmm. they have to like the lawyer they have to like the witnesses there is a factor of the likeness that it can affect the physical the attitude the vocabulary that you use the cracking the jokes that you are talking to the jury and the other people or asking there are those kind of things that attracts the people and they trust you is it about the creating a trust and who they like and they trust and when the lawyer talks versus the other lawyer they say okay i listen to this one always we have some bias jury has the same thing mm-hmm. they have a bias based on the physical based on the way that i talk or the other lawyers they talk based on the witnesses appearances and the background what where they are from what their job is where they work where they don't work mm-hmm. so they create a bias over the trial that's the reason you say physical attractiveness is good yeah of course a good attractive person the uh, being a witness is good because people are going to like her mm-hmm. or like him yes but it's not a determinative or conclusive factor in winning a case. Mm. If you have a bad witness that is not likable, most likely more than 50% you are going to lose because the jury doesn't want to reward him or give him anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or even listen to him. Or yeah. your lawyer is obnoxious and going it comes out obnoxious in front of the jury. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to listen what he says regardless of what, whether that's right or wrong. Yeah. They are blocking their ears. And they're closing their eyes. Have you ever had to defend anyone that actually tells you or that you know is already guilty, but you still have to defend them anyways? No, I don't do criminal cases, actually. So I'm not a criminal defense. I'm a civil lawyer. It means Mm -hmm. that we do civil trials and the civil litigation. Mm -hmm. It means that cases regarding the money, how you are Mm -hmm. uh, about the business litigation, personal injury, the damages are monetary damages. It's not by the prison. It's not a criminal Mm -hmm. cases. Not yeah. if I admit to you, be like, hey, I did embezzle all that money. Yeah. Is that not the same thing? No, it's thing? not. It's embezzlement <laughs> is a criminal law, and oh, the public prosecutor, actually, public DA, district attorney, brings uh-huh. lawsuits, yeah. bring the files a complaint on behalf of the people of Nevada or uh, Clark County against the person. Yeah. That's different. It's criminal. But the civil lawsuit is about the civil matters. That is about the money, disputes, 
or the family cases that those are non-jury trials. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. Thank you very much. And tell us about the. You said that you have a podcast. Yeah. What kind of podcast is it? Uh, Fit and Frugal. It's a lifestyle podcast that has evolved. I'm actually celebrating. Um, making it through my 21st episode today. Woo-hoo. All right, congrats. <laughs> Got through my milestone. When did you start? I started a few months ago, officially. I shot my first one in March, and I started traveling, so I didn't really shoot the rest of them until, like, probably April, May. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a whole journey of how the the voice I've been able to create through that is you think you want to create a podcast about something, but when you actually learn about yourself and start to develop a lot more self-awareness through your own voice, through conversations with other people I realized I'm like wow this is not the intention I went into it but I really like where it's actually going because I actually get to share my voice with other people through their stories hear what not just like how they got their success but the stories of what makes them their person right like all of the stuff that it's really hard for us as a society to talk about you know trauma emotional baggage and all of these things and how it affects our business uh, relationships and all of the decisions that we make that make us successful on the outside and how that really reflects on the inside on the lifestyle design that we choose for ourselves and if we're making those conscious choices or you know because for me i come from a background of being sober for 200 and some days now mm-hmm. so before i started the podcast i really wanted to make sure that my voice comes from an empowered sober voice and i'm not just doing it because i'm drinking mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so i think it's really evolved and really given a lot of other people kind of like wow like if that's your story then it kind of helps humanize the fact that starting a podcast is really hard like I do appreciate you know your energy being here it does really kind of drain you and a lot of us are just it's not it's fun at the same time yeah but a lot of us are not people. wired just to <laughs> be on camera and be on all the time and it kind of humanizes us in that way of actually succeeding and getting to connect with other people and really honing in on that energy of holding space to like really listen and really be empathetic with other people's stories and not just sit here and go through our questions, you know? That's an interesting point of view regarding the podcast. Yeah. I never thought about that part. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's fun. Exactly. I I came into it. I'm like, hey, this is kind of fun. And I I love talking to people. I have a background in hospitality, um, bartending specifically. So that's pretty much how those skills kind of transferred because I love talking to people. I love connecting and really listening to who they are as a person, what makes them, you know, them. And through that whole entire journey, I never really realized how much people carry with them. And that's why they go to a bar. They need an escape. They need a drink. They just need a friend. They just need someone to be there with them for a drink or two just to listen about their day. Just to, hey, you know, I I got a lot of lawyers actually during my shifts during the day. They go through a lot of their daily cases and their stress out. They come in. They just want to have a beer. They just want to sit and really not talk and just be in that space that's why I'm always curious about lawyers and how you guys manage your energy to just be on in court and now I learned that you're doing it on zoom too and have you seen a difference in yourself with you going to court versus you being on zoom that's a difference I cannot say that is different because as to the jury trials you cannot do it by zoom we had the one jury trial uh by zoom it was not successful it was not good yeah you know, because you can't make an impression on the jury. You can't communicate properly with the jury. They'll get bored. Not even but paying attention to you, pay probably. Attention. But when it's a judge only hearing that the judge is listening, 
Yeah, they pay attention. The judges, they listen. They got used to it because the regular people, they don't want to look at the lawyers on the Zoom and listen to them and just decide about the case. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. Even being a jury is not fun. Imagine if it's in the Zoom. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like a that's, class. It's a, like a class. Yeah. And they get bored yawning and they're looking at attention. They just go somewhere else. Mo, that, is, uh, that person. That person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. So thank you for coming on the show. It's very... Uh, I'm very thankful that you came on. And anything else that you want to add? No, thank you for having me on. I'm just really curious about the life of, you know, Sam Ryan. That's it. Like, we've crossed paths many, many times in Vegas. And it's just, a, it's a really small world. And I'm just grateful to be here and share this space with you. Thank you very so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.